Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. It's important in this world who we follow, who we believe, who we model things, our thought processes, our, our opinions after. I don't know where you get your information and whether those are, are reliable sources or not, but they need to be because it matters what we believe, matters who we believe and, and who we're following after, as I said just a moment ago, especially in this world. We're beginning this morning a series I'm, I'm titled The Johns, and that's not a bunch of porta potties on a, on a construction site somewhere or or the customers of a prostitute, but uh, we're marching through first, second, and third John. And these are, these are rich, rich books uh, uh, in terms of how, how simple John makes the message. He's, uh, he's, he's very much a, a person of here's what matters, here's what doesn't. And so we're going to break this down into essentials. We're going to look at some essentials. In first, especially in First John, because he is a, he's a person of contrast. He he paints for us a picture between good and evil, between the Antichrist and Christ Himself, between what's right and wrong, between light and darkness. We see light and darkness here this morning in this opening text of, of chapter one. But he is uh, he's he's very much a black and white kind of guy, and I think in our culture we need some more black and white because everything's getting grayer and grayer and grayer. In our culture. Turn to First John, if you would, with me. We're going to read verses 1 through chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make, you, to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and we declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we declare ourselves, deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, four things today I want us to glean from this context-rich rich text today. The first of which is this. John is saying, in essence... 
Here's my story. Here's my witness. And I want you to see the credibility that I have. I want you, I want you to, I'm, I'm giving, giving you a resume, more or less, of, of my walk with Jesus. And so, you know, if I'm going to ask you to pay attention to what I'm about to write, I want to I not sell myself to you, but reveal myself to you and kind of what I'm about, what I've seen. So in essence, he's saying, follow me down this journey. Follow me, first of all, as a witness. First thing he wants to see. Follow me as a witness. Look at one through four again. He says, that which we've heard from the beginning, which we have seen with our eyes, looked at with our hands, and have touched, we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it, testified to it. We proclaim to you that the eternal life, which was with the Father, has appeared to us. We proclaim to you watch what we have heard, seen, that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father Jesus Christ. Now, John speaks to five attributes or five characteristics here of God that he has, has observed in Jesus himself. The first is, is this phrase, from the beginning, meaning Jesus was there at creation. He was with the Creator God. He is part of the Godhead, the triune Godhead that was there at creation. And as we've shared with you before, uh, from Genesis and from, and from Hebrews, Jesus was the one who fashioned creation. God spoke it into existence, verbally spoke it into existence, and Jesus gave it form and color and shape was his role in the creation process. So he says he was there in the beginning. He is creator God. Second thing, he says, uh, not only from the beginning, but the things we have heard, meaning that he is the God who sustains. A sustainer God, he spoke to Abraham, spoke to the kings, spoke to the prophets in a physical voice. So John's saying, we've, I've heard that voice physically myself in Jesus. So he's not only his creator God, he is sustainer God. The third thing, attribute is, what we have seen, meaning that he has reconciled man to himself. He is, he is one of us in the flesh. Uh, he, he, consequently, he understands. You've probably seen this ad campaign that's going on right now in Major League Baseball and television uh, 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 commercial, uh, commercials. On, on TV, a lot of TV channels. He gets us. I'm sure you've probably seen those commercials. That's what John is saying. He gets us. He was one of us. He walked with us. He understands. He, he gets us. He is reconciled to God. We have seen that. I've seen that myself, he's saying. And the third attribute, or fourth attribute, rather, is that I, I have looked at him, meaning I've observed, I've scrutinized, I've, I've, I've analyzed his walk. Uh, to see that he is redeemer God, that he, 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 he was, has been observed by me at least to be sinless. He's a perfect God, perfect sacrifice, perfect redeemer in the fact that he was sinless. Then the fifth attribute is, he says, my hands have touched, meaning he is present. He is a God that's here, a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. He said he is in the moment with us. So he says, you know, in, in these five attributes, these five characteristics, that he is both timeless and timely. Jesus is. He is both revered and relevant. Uh, verse 4 speaks to the fact, or asks us, uh, or speaks to our joy. We write this to make our joy complete. So my first question today is, if you're here and your joy is gone, I encourage you to revisit how big your God is. John paints a picture of a big God in, in these first four verses. And if our joy is gone, we need to revisit how big our God is. He is cre uh, creator God, sustainer God, redeemer God, reconciler God. Uh, present God. He is, he is all those things and more. And John says, I've witnessed that myself. I, I've been a first-hand witness to this in the form of Jesus himself. So 
He says, follow me as a witness. The second thing he encourages us to follow him into is his, the walk. Follow me in the walk. Look at verses 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. In him, he says, there is no darkness at all. Uh, the first couple of trips that I took teams to Nicaragua, we flew in late at night in, in the dark and arrived in the dark. And Nicaragua is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place in the light, too, somewhat, somewhat if you're in the right place. It's a beautiful place to, at, at night. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of lakes, that moonlight, and, and stars kind of reflect off of. And, uh, it's, our, our impression in flying in at, at, uh, during the evening was, well, this is going to be a great, beautiful place to work. And then the sun comes up, and you see the squalor, and you see the poverty, and you see uh, just things that break your heart to wonder, how can people live like this? How, how, how is it that they can live from one day to the next hoping that they have something to eat instead of knowing that they do? Hoping that they have shelter over their heads instead of knowing that they do? And, and it, was just, it, was, it was a stark contrast between darkness and light. As soon as daybreak arose and we started getting into some of these areas for ministry, I thought, well, this didn't look like this last night. And, and I... I refresh my mind of the difference between the stark difference between darkness and light. And that's what John's trying to paint here. In him, there's no darkness at all. He's given us a lesson here in polarity, more or less, um, in reference to darkness and light. Uh, most electrical plugs you have at your house are polarized plugs, meaning one of the blades is a little bit wider than the other. Most electricians will, will wire the hot side of that outlet to the little narrow side of the narrow hole the narrow, for the narrow blade and the neutral side to the wider hole and the wider blade and the round hole is of course the ground. Now if you're using a lamp or a small appliance usually that's not that important but if you plug in something with a motor it's important to get the polarity right otherwise the motor will run backwards and burn up. So polarity is, important, is an important thing with something that has a motor to it or something that turns and drives and that's kind of what John's trying to say here he's saying there's a stark contrast between this guy and the culture you live in, between this guy and, and, and the ways in which we walk and see life lived out in front of us. He's, it, it's a stark difference as dark and light is. Um, this, this walk with him is. Uh, also, the words at all uh, in verse 5 is showing us a Savior, showing us a Savior that, that if he had just a little sin, it's the same as having one Savior with a lot of sin as well. He said there's, there, there's no sin in him at all, meaning he's totally sinless, not just, not just virtually sinless, but totally sinless. Uh, our Redeemer God was and is a perfect sinless and spotless Savior. His walk matched his talk, and he, John is encouraging us that ours should too. It's, it's amazing uh, to see what Satan can do with a little darkness how he can break fellowship. We talked a couple of weeks ago uh, and I brought you the message about the fact that Abraham was an all-in follower of Jesus as he took Isaac up to be sacrificed on top of the mountain. And 
he left the, the, the servants there at the foot of the mountain and he journeyed three days up from, from the foot of the mountain to the top to make the sacrifice. If you remember, I, I, I kind of pointed out Satan can do a lot with three days in your life and my life. In fact, he can do a lot in three minutes with most of us. And here, Johnny is trying to paint this picture of uh, how Satan can use even, even a little darkness to keep us from seeing the things of God that we, we need to see and that he wants us to see, hoping that he can break fellowship between us and God. He knows he can't break, break relationship if we are a child of God, but he tries to break our fellowship. Uh, and we, when he does that, he more or less has us where he wants us because if we're living and walking in a defeated state, we don't have to be unsaved. He's got us exactly where he wants us if we're defeated and, and, and uh, wondering what's, whether God loves us still, whether, whether the relationship is still intact. So he tries to break fellowship, knowing that he can't break the relationship. But John is saying, follow me in the walk. Here's, here's the walk. This is who he is. If we claim to have fellowship with him but live in darkness, we're, we're following in, uh, the devil into darkness because he is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. He's saying, follow me as a witness. Follow me in the walk. Thirdly, he encourages to follow him into the word. Follow him into the word. Look at verses 8 through 10. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth, or the word, in essence, is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. We deceive, our, deceive ourselves, and the truth, or the word, is not in us. Where or how did we learn that we're sinners? From the Scripture. Where, did we, where or how did we learn that he is the Savior from the Scripture? Those aren't myths that have been passed down from generation to generation. They're truths that have been or, uh, 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 whose origins are in the Scripture. Now, perhaps we, they've been passed down from a pastor to a person in a pew or a seat somewhere, or a teacher to, to a kid sitting in a class somewhere. Those truths have been passed down, but they originate in the Scripture. And those, those origins of God are how we know who he is, how we understand what sin is. We learn of both judgment and redemption from the word of God and forgiveness as well. Uh, your Bible is not just about God. It is God's voice speaking to you directly. Uh, that's how he speaks through his word and through his spirit. This correlation of God speaking his word to us and confirming it with the spirit so that it's one message. The spirit and the word are speaking one message to us, one word to us, one voice to us. The purpose of the word is to reveal to us that we were designed, that we were created for light and not darkness, he's saying. Uh, you probably remember the movie several years ago called Heaven is for Real. It's about a little boy who is nearing death and walking toward that end, that end and sees this light and tries to describe it to his mom and dad. It's, it's as bright as anything I've ever seen before. It has all the colors of the rainbow. And, and you probably, as well as I have, have been around and heard the testimony of folks whose family are at the point of death and stepping in from this life into death and seeing light on the other side. That You've heard those kinds of stories, those near-death near experiences. John is saying here to us, that's true. Not only is that true, that light is God himself. He's the light that people are seeing. 
he, he, he's, it's not a place, it's a person that we're walking toward. That is the light himself. So he's saying, follow me into the word. And as you get into the word, you're going to understand that this light is God himself. It's not, it's not a concept. It's not a doctrine. It is God himself. It's a person. Uh, follow me into the word and into the light. Fourthly, not only does he encourage us to follow him as a witness and follow him in the walk and follow him in, into the word, but to follow him into eternity. Look at chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Follow him into eternity. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have an advocate. Um, we watch a lot of police shows at our house. I just like to see the bad guys get what's coming to them. Um, but if I've heard it once, you've heard it as well. You have the right to remain silent. If you give up the right to remain silent, anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law. You have the right to attorney. You have the right to have an attorney present during questioning. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed you by the state. I've just read your Miranda rights to you. Do you know what your rights are? Those are the Miranda. We, we, we are, folks are Mirandized. The, the term is used, Mirandized, when those rights are read. And that's, that's basically what John's saying here. He said, you have an advocate. You have an attorney. You, you, you have a paraclete. You have, a, you have an alongside in your life, if you know Christ. He is, he is your advocate. Um, and that's important because the name Satan literally means accuser. And so he is set out every day, every day, every moment of every day to accuse you of what you're not. Consequently, we shouldn't wonder where guilt comes from. It doesn't come from the scripture. It doesn't come from God. Any guilt you carry around comes from the enemy. He wants to make you think you're guilty of uh, what God has already forgiven and redeemed you from. An advocate, though, is on our side, John is saying here, to the point of becoming, he says, the atoning sacrifice for your sins, taking your place, taking your punishment, paying your penalty. At sentencing here, he's saying the lawyer you have doesn't leave you. Usually an attorney will, will go through a trial process with a client and take, take him to court and the judge hands the sentence out. And that breaks the relationship between the attorney and his client. It's not broken here what John says. He says you have an advocate that walks with you not only to but through sentencing to tell the judge this person is forgiven because I paid their, I paid their, their, their what's due to court. I paid their penalty. Jesus says at the cross, I am their advocate. I am their payment. Uh, they, they have been redeemed. Their sin has been redeemed because of me. It's not that we were ever innocent because we're all guilty. As we stand before a just God, we have an advocate in Jesus that says they're no longer innocent. They're no longer guilty. Their guilt is on me because I've walked and paid for their sin and redeemed their sin. Uh, your advocate is also there when you're tempted your advocate's there when you're hurting. Your advocate is there when you're sick. Your advocate is there when you're broken, when you need protection, when you need understanding. You have an advocate there, you see. So question is, do you know him? Do you know that advocate? Do you know that, that alongside person who stands on your behalf before you're God? If you don't, I pray that you don't leave here today without him. Um, 
it's it's essential that we know him and it's and, and that that opportunity is going to present itself many more times in in the study of the johns but he wants us to come out of the gate saying i want to be a worthy messenger for you and so for you to see my process as as a process worthy of following and, and not just hearing but heeding you need to know this about me you need to know what i believe and why i believe it what i've seen what i've experienced what i've heard because if I'm going to ask you to follow me into truth here in these coming days, uh, it's, it's important that you know that I'm credible. So, uh, as we wrap up, the first question I want to ask is, whose lead are you following today? Parents? Even godly parents? You could do worse than that. Following, following the lead of your peers? Friends that you've compared your life with, still compare your life to today? following the lead of a media that wants to direct your mind and direct your, your thought process in a certain direction uh, to, to, to oftentimes manipulate or following your own lead perhaps that you feel like you know what's best for you and you've been making those decisions well my follow up question to whose lead are you following is the obvious question is how's, this, how's that working for you is it what you thought it should be is it are you experiencing life to the extent that God has intended for you to experience? Are you, are you, do you know him personally and are you walking in the principles of this book? Because if you do, uh, you can understand why John is so adamant about what he says because here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen, the principles of this book and the person of this book will never let you down at all. They're worthy of following every time. They're right and true every time. They may not fit the culture, especially in terms of our, of our political correctness, but they're worthy of following and will lead us down the right path every time. Uh, it's These kinds of things are important. John and I were having a conversation the other day about, I told him I put many, people, many folks, especially leaders, into three categories those who I'm neither for nor with. Those who I am for, but I'm not with them. And then those that I am with. And I think it's important that we all do that to an extent to say, I'm, I'm based on what I see, what I know, I'm not with that at all. So if you want to go in that direction, go ahead and go in that direction. I'm not with you. Then those that I don't agree with them on everything, but I'm for them. And I want God to bless their life and their efforts. And then there are those that, at least based on what I know, I'm with them on everything I've heard them say. Those kinds of folks are influential folks most of the time in our lives. Uh, they've, they've had some kind of bearing on what we believe, why we believe it, why we make decisions the way we do, why we parent the way we do, what we do with money. Folks, folks of influence have influence on us for, for good reason. As I said earlier, maybe that's a godly parent, and that's great. But who we follow matters. Who we, who we shape our opinions after matters because there is a generational, multi-generational effect of that. Our, our opinions become our kids' opinions until they grow up and decide, I don't want to believe that anymore. And they become their kids' opinions until they grow up and decide they don't want to believe that anymore. So those kinds of things have a ripple effect. They, they don't just stop with us. And they don't just, our mistakes don't just end with our mistakes. Oftentimes the generation behind us has to pay 
sometimes the same or a similar price because they've seen failure and think that's the way life's supposed to be, and it's not. So I encourage you to, 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 to give some thought as we walk through, through this study of the Johns about whose who's life, whose influence, who's, who, 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 who have, I, have I validated into my life? Who, who have I allowed in that I perhaps should not have? And who should I allow in that I'm not allowed in? Uh, those, those kind of things are important, as I said, because they shape our values, they shape our opinions, they shape the decisions we make, things we, things we believe about marriage, about parenting, about kids, about money, about time, about work. They shape all those kinds of things. And so they matter. And John says, I want to be a worthy person of you following. I want to be a worthy person of, of what I'm about to tell you that's, that's, that is worth believing and living after. Uh, I, want to, I want you to know I've seen it, I've walked it, I've lived it, and it's worth following. Uh, we should be those kind of folks in other people's lives as well. Let's pray. Father, today would you quicken our spirits with the importance of what we believe matters and who we shape opinions from matters as well. It is, it is of great importance that we as believers, we as Christ followers, we as sojourners, shape those opinions from people like the Apostle John who's writing to us to say, I've seen him, I know him, I've lived with him, I've done life with him, I've walked with him, and he's, he's worthy of following, and then some. And my story is worthy of hearing, and then some. Would you teach us to be those kinds of folks in other people's lives, folks that as folks look into our life and they see what we do with time, what we do with marriage, what we do with parenting, what we do with money, what we, how we handle work, how we handle convictions that are important to us and things we believe, things we don't believe. Would we be pre people that are worthy of following as well? Would we be people that folks around us at work that see the kind of life we live and the things we believe and say we want that are important to us, that they're worthy of following, that they're worthy of questions to say, hey, why do you do this? Why do you believe this way or that? Would we be folks that have an answer, can make a defense, can give an account? We're grateful today for people like John that we can follow. His life is, uh, is worthy of following. His life is, is one that's modeled love, one that one that's con has convictions between light and darkness, between right and wrong, between good and evil. And I pray that we come away with some of those same convictions as our time in this study will take us. So today, would you stir in us the importance of what we believe, who we follow, and who we're leading around us? That, that kind of influence matters, perhaps for eternity even, where someone spends eternity. Nothing can be of greater importance than the ripple effect of our lives bringing someone else to Jesus. So help us to see that and, and to, to filter the things we say, to filter the things we think about, to filter the things we allow into our lives, the things we watch, things we hear. John is saying, I've seen him. I've heard him. I've walked with him. I've tested him. I've scrutinized him. He's worthy of following. Help that truth to ring in each heart here in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, 
biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.